Welcome to Desert Rain Community Radio, Dispatches from the Burge. Today, David Morrison and I discuss, um, it's, it's sort of a two-part put together into one. Uh, we look at the mystery of the Trinity and sort of how that, um, we dissect that of, of, of sort of the surface level of it, but then going into a deeper, what, you know, what, it, what it really means for our spiritual life to our spiritual evolution and then we transition into the mystery of the Eucharist and this idea of, of um, bread and flesh, wine and blood and sort of the um, uh, contradiction that can seem on the surface level. Um, but before we get into that, thank you to Danny West. He does all the editing and sound engineering. Thank you to Jacob Nedia at Monk Drums. That's what you hear in the background. If you want to learn more about Desert Rain Community, uh, theruined.com is a place to go for that. drcrpod.com is a place to find other episodes of our podcast. Uh, if you're interested in checking out uh, David's book, dreamwalkerway.com is a place to see that. Um, Desolate Beauty, the book of light and shadow. Uh, you can also find in, uh, actually, you can also find a ebook, a Kindle ebook on Amazon if you search uh, for Desolate Beauty. Uh, and we also we have a American Sign Language translation on YouTube. If you search Dreamwalker is one word and Way is a second word, uh, you should be able to find that there. Uh, if you enjoy what you're hearing, please tell a friend. Word of mouth and social media really helps us. We appreciate you. And let's get into it. And let's get into it. <laughs> welcome, <laughs> welcome to Desert Rain Community Radio. David Morrison. Hola, sir. Good day, sir. How are you? I'm. I've been allergied up. Yeah, me too. My, My eyes, eyes are killing me. The eyes. Um, what it is. What's that? I guess everything's drying out it's now that the heat is here. Maybe. You need. You were doing. You were calling for the rain the other day. We need some. Kind of half-heartedly though, so <laughs> amp it up a little. Um, it is June. This will come out in July. Yeah, I think so. Um, so we're discussing before the mics came on. The last couple of well, one thing is scrolling through the old episodes. We haven't done an episode on specifically on the Trinity. But we weren't sure if we could fill an hour with that. We did do one on the Eucharist. And what was that? Episode 27, I believe. I'll look it up here in a second. So we already covered the Eucharist. But the last two Sundays was the... Is it called the birth of the Trinity? No, I think it's just called Trinity Sunday. Okay. Yeah. And then this past Sunday, um, we talked about... Or you talked about the importance of the eucharist as a would you say as a spiritual practice yeah yeah and and silence um and how those are those can be shared universally or globally yeah like it can be shared in any context you're right across time across time and, and space and so but because we had already done an episode on the eucharist we weren't sure if we could re you know we we didn't want to do a replay of that which i'll, I'll link that episode in the show notes of this one. Um, 
So we're going to sort of explore this. Um, I think I've shared it before, but the leading up to communion, one of the things they talk about is the mystery of faith. Right. Um, and so delving into these two mysteries separately, but, but bridging them is the fact that they are sort of, they can be misunderstood, yeah. but they're extremely important in Christianity of, as far as the Trinity is concerned and, and the Eucharist is concerned. Um, and so maybe, yeah, so maybe that's where we'll start off if you can give sort of an overview of the Trinity and sort of the 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 origin origin story of the Trinity, I suppose. Yeah, well, that's really hard to do. <laughs> <laughs> but it's de- yeah, so it's it's definitely these are things you know the the nature of God in Christian theology that God is three in one, the Trinity. That's the mo- that's the dominant view. It wasn't right. It's not the only view. Uh, and people even try to link it back. They'll try to find Hebrew scriptures yeah, to justify the Christian I, belief, yeah. right? Yeah, and I don't think that's fair. <laughs> right. Uh, I don't think that's, that's you know, it, it, yeah. So those those early Genesis chapters that talk about, let us, so the plural, let us make uh, humankind in our image. That's not the Trinity. Mm. That's early uh, Canaanite-influenced uh uh, multi-deism, uh, you know, multi-deities in Judaism as it developed. And they, well, don't, I, they don't want to talk about that, though. Yeah, and I think it's an important part to point out because I don't know if it's prevalent, if that's the right word for it, but just um, that idea is out there where they try to, yeah. to fit it retroactively. Right, retrofit it, yeah. So, yeah, you could trace in the Jewish scriptures the Jewish people's changing evolving view of god Mm. throughout just within those books yeah and so likewise in christianity the same thing Mm. so there's they're trying to figure you know the the new the christian scriptures are basically trying to figure out what the hell happened who is this Mm. who is this jesus of nazareth what what was this all about yeah uh and you have you know, you definitely have differing perspectives and views. You can try all you want to try to make them fit. I, I think that's uh, slightly intellectually dishonest mm. to try to say uh, that. To Paul's, retrofit these things. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you have to look at these things and just, you know, for example, uh, the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke talk about, has Jesus using this phrase, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, mm. is like, you know, ABC. Oh, right, 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, God, John's gospel doesn't. Okay. He never mentions that. And Paul, the apostle, in his letters, which were written first, yeah, his, those are the his, oldest. His is the earliest Yeah, he doesn't writings. use that, that phrase. <laughs> so, you know, and I've heard some, I think N.T. Wright, it was, it was close to it, you know, but he said basically Jesus was, is the music and the apostle Paul is the conductor kind of thing, or he might have reversed that. I don't remember. But I just think there's just, the evidence is, especially with the uh, Dead Sea Scrolls and that kind mm-hmm. of stuff, there were, there was a multitude of diverse Christianities, plural, Christianities, uh, at the beginning. Yeah. 
and and we're we're in conflict with each other and so let's just accept that. That's yeah, what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, let's just yeah, accept yeah. that. And that's the way. Allow so, that so, to be part of the yeah. the way it, it unfolds. And it's continued to unfold that way. Right. And so historically what happened is Christianity became, so it was an underground movement. It was a grassroots movement for a couple of centuries. And then it becomes the state religion of the empire of Rome mm-hmm, mm-hmm. under Constantine. Uh, and Constantine makes them get together uh, forces them into a hall or whatever, a room, <laughs> palace. You guys can't come out until... Pours the wine, yeah, and says, <laughs> codify this shit. Uh, and, and so that's where you get the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed, and 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 these, you know, th- this is what determines whether you're in or whether mm. you're out. It's happened in the modern period. The In Chicago, a bunch of fundamentalists got together and, and outlined the fundamentals. This is what you have to believe in order... For us to decide if you're a Christian. Basically. What time frame was the, the that Chicago one? Uh, early 1900s. Okay. So in America, yeah. yeah, yeah so, yeah. And, and yeah, they're the, they're the fundies today. They're the fundamentalists. It's just it's so funny how people, how much we love this, making rules, <laughs> and, you know, keeping right. people in and out. That we we have to have these conferences or these right. codifications, yeah, councils and conferences, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's been yeah <laughs> centuries of conferences or, or councils rather, including in the Book of Acts as early as mm. that. Are that that was a major controversy in the early church? Was, okay, is this is this a uh, new thing? Uh, is it for the Gentiles? Is it for the non-Jewish people or not? Mm. And they had to get together and decide, and that's they decided it was. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank uh, God. <laughs> so you know, or else house with us poor pagans get to heaven, right? You know. Kind of thing, and so so yeah, so some see Jesus as a uh, a, a Jewish prophet in that line, mm. who uh, who kind of attained the sonship of God through his obedience. So there's that idea. Then so that would that be a Christian idea, or yeah, yeah, that... that's an early New Testament, okay, 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 Christian scriptures idea, okay. To some degree, like uh, Hebrews, I forget the chapter. And again, I'm not a theologian, so yeah, well, neither fact, yeah, neither one of us are theologians. Check everything I say, you know. But <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, uh, that uh, the the letter of Hebrews says that that Christ learned obedience. He learned it. So mm. so there's this process to his messiahship. Then the Gospel of John, the very first chapter, is very. Uh, open about saying no. He always he pre-existed mm. existence. He is the original word that was in the beginning was the word, and he's and he's definitely giving a recapitulation to Genesis, which is in the beginning the earth was formless and void, and God said, God spoke, let there be light. So they're 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 calling Jesus Christ is that light that was spoken. Mm. So there's a much higher level of godhood there of divinity in that gospel than you would find in matthew and mark and luke okay so so yeah so then you throw the trinity in there then it it gets really crazy right it's funny too because these well at least the gospels right were oral traditions originally so then someone wrote them down right right and then they got they got chosen as the four that were going to be codified in in the book yeah among many right exactly and they're still discovering new ones and so to to think you're going to find a consistent line 
Yeah. And and the comparison I was going to give is in um in recovery there's this whole like nah, it's not it's actually not that big of a topic but it's a topic whereas if you're recovered so you're cured, you're recovering so it's a continuous process or you're never recovered. Right. <laughs> like yeah. like you just you're abstinent abstinent today and it's like and you can find arguments for all three of them in the one book. Right, right. <laughs> that was written by one person. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like well, it was a group of people, but you know, so even in something that codified written down at the, you know, with people at one time, let alone this example of you'll find all, you know, you can find all the examples you right. need to justify whatever, right? Exactly. So yeah, so you have all this and they're trying to reconcile that with Judaism as well, which is there's there is only one God is one mm. uh, Islam that's also extremely important mm-hmm, right and so they're trying to reconcile shoehorn Christ in <laughs> there and and then they're I like oh I, we know <laughs> yeah and there and there's obviously a lot more sophisticated mm-hmm. so you throw in Greek philosophy because that began to mm-hmm. have a huge influence so uh, on Christianity in those early days so you have pagan Gentile Greek philosophy. Uh, Hellenistic Jewish philosophy in mm. Philo. Uh, and I think he was from Alexandria. Okay. Uh, that's in Africa. FYI. Look it up. And and then, yeah, and then classic Judaism as well. So so the Trinity is what they came up with, mm. that, uh, that, that there are three, that God consists of three in one. So there's Father, Son, and Spirit. Uh, a continuous a huge dance. argument with the West and the East. Uh, so, the, so the Nicene Creed says that the Spirit proceeds uh, from the Father and the Son, and the Eastern Orthodox mm. is a big deal to them. Very important. Uh, no, it does not proceed from the Father and the Son. It proceeds only from the Father, and that became a huge controversy. Interesting. In, in the first. Uh, uh, in the first thousand years, and so. so when they say when they say the spirit, they're talking specifically about the Holy Spirit, right? Right. So that's but that's the gist of it. Uh, when you treat it as a doctrine or as a you know, again, this is a mystery of faith, so it's right. not a rational thing. Right. It's not transrational. I, I think it's a. Um, I think it's an experience of mystery. I think it's an experience of faith. And, uh, and then it becomes something very beautiful. It can, it can become, have some meaning. So let's say you see yourself as a true Christian because you believe in the Trinity as opposed to those evil Mormons and Jehovah's <laughs> Witnesses and some Pentecostals. They're called oneness Pentecostals. So they don't, they... they There's a large group of Pentecostals. The tr- who, Trinity, yeah. so to speak. They say, uh, yeah, uh, it's, they're called Jesus only. So it's, it's all... The Father is Jesus and Spirit is Jesus. It's all Jesus, man. Uh, the popular, probably America's pastor, T.D. Jakes okay. in Dallas is, is a oneness Pentecostal. Interesting. Uh, he doesn't make a big deal out of it, but his gatekeeping detractors definitely make a big deal out of it. Well, one of, one of the things we talked about in the Eucharist episode was this, um, how Protestantism came from rationalism. Right. How do they, because the Trinity's not, a rational idea. Yeah. How, how do they 
sort of wrestle with that or handle that? Oh, yeah. Most of their theology is exactly trying to rationalize it. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for sure. And uh, Which is, you know, fine. Yeah. Uh, but again, the, my point is— But they is do that, embrace it. Oh, yeah, yeah, for and sure. And it's just yeah. a matter of embracing it in a rational type of way. Right, yeah. Okay. And the Protestant era wasn't really until the Quakers who said, who gives a shit? <laughs> right. Uh, everyone has this inner light <laughs> within you and try not to own slaves, you a-holes. Yeah. Well, that, and I mean, I think that's what made the Quakers such a fringe thing yeah. because it was very much empowering the group and the individual. Right, exactly. And, you know, welcoming, other, you know, before we turn on the microphones, we were talking about the uh, Catholics, and we'll get to this, or maybe, I mean, it doesn't matter, but locking up the Eucharist, right? And right. so they're gatekeeping the Eucharist, and there's some kind of tightrope that needs to be walked of I, honoring the sacredness of the Eucharist and also opening it up for every. Right. You know, like like it talks about in the Gospels. Or is it the Gospels or would it be Paul that talks about it? Both. Yeah. Yeah. It's very consistent throughout except for, well, no, yeah, all, all four Gospels. And, and so I guess I, I would say the Trinity is a similar way too, that it's it's a sacred, important mystery. Yeah. And, and um, seems it seems, uh, what would be the word? dismissive to just be like, oh, we don't, we don't do that here. <laughs> That's not part of yeah. our Christianity. No, I, I, th I think once you've experienced it at the heart level, it becomes poetic. It becomes, uh, you enter into that mystery and it could be life transforming. And, and what I mean by that is, is that because of the, this idea that, that, uh, God is three in one, uh, God is not some isolated, alone in the infinite sadness, mm. little Smashing Pumpkins reference. <laughs> Great band. God is not isolated and alone out in the in the infinite sadness, uh, just isolated, you know. And, yeah. But no, God is community itself. And mm. so therefore, wherever you see community in the world, people cooperating, mm. people uh, respecting one another's uh, dignity, uh, then you see the, the operation of the Trinity there. Yeah. And so that's a powerful the Holy thing. Spirit. That everything is connected. Through. Everything is symbiotic. You have, even in death, uh, so you have the uh, um, decay of matter, mm. decay of, of plants, mm -hmm. animals, mm -hmm. humans, in the earth, held in the earth, and in that decay comes fungus, mm. and that fungus is literally the communication device between trees and plants. Mm -hmm. And so you have this living ecology, yeah. which is Trinitarian in that sense. It's connected. So then it becomes something very, you know, very, it could be life transforming in the way that you see the world. Well, and even when you take it down to the molecular level of things across the universe and how everything is connected as well, right? Right. Like getting into the, the physics side of it. And, uh, you know, I know some of it's been co-opted by, some of the new age <laughs> to like pretend justify some of the stuff, but really truly, um, you know, what is it? Quarks moving in the same direction. Yeah. Quantum entanglements yeah, and, that and all that, stuff. that kind of stuff. And yeah, I mean, you have to um, be careful. Yeah. Like you said, you have to, 
they, they make some pretty radical jumps. I've done the same. And <laughs> yeah. They, I, and then well, I talk I to a scientist, an actual scientist, and they like bring me down about 10 pegs. And they're like, no. like whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> let's not all start. <laughs> you know. Time out, Mr. Morrison. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Um, Wolf, I'm a great fan. <laughs> whoa, uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Uh, I told you I rewatched that recently, yeah. right? I didn't get to that scene, though, That's not unfortunately. <laughs> um, I interrupted. You were about to go somewhere with the Trinity stuff, and I interrupted you with the rational. Well, for me, it was the Greek phrase uh, for the Trinity in, in Greek Orthodoxy, Eastern Orthodoxy, which is perichoresis. Mm. And that really opened some mind-blowing doors for me. Uh, perichoresis means this, the singing, dancing circle of mm -hmm. God is what it basically means. So to see God that way, instead of uh, as, as some, uh, you know, uh, the keepers of the sacred timeline, like in Marvel, <laughs> you know, these three on a throne, kind of trying to keep the sacred timeline kind of thing. But no, you see the entire cosmos as a dance. Yeah. Uh, caused by gravity right and we're, and we're not even sure what that means yeah uh, gravity a, works and, oh, there's still a lot of mystery right exactly even, <laughs> even scientifically in, in the scientific world about that stuff so so yeah the fact that the entire cosmos is is uh is is moving in in different circles and dances mm. uh and then to see everything as the great dance like mm. thomas merton says in the last chapter of New Seas of Contemplation, mm. it's, uh, or T.S. Eliot, it's all the dance. Everything mm. is the dance, you know? And so that, that again, that's a, that opens up new ways to see the world and your life. Well, and I can remember the first time this idea of the dance, I encountered it was uh, our good buddy, Randall Parton. He was, oh, yeah. yeah, he was talking about the, the Trinity one, one Sunday and, and, um, I don't, I don't remember the exact sermon, but I do remember part of it was him talking about this, um, this dance of the Trinity and, and sort of articulated a, a, a visualization of it. And I can remember, because up to that point, I don't think the Trinity, like I grew, you know, we've talked, covered, I grew up Catholic. So, you know, it's like, yeah, the Trinity, you know what I mean? But it, it never really connected on a spiritual level until that, you know, yeah. which, what you're talking about now. Um, and I don't even know if he, he, he must have, and I just missed it, but the, even the music side of it, I, I remember him very much talking mm -hmm. about the dance side yeah. of it, but, but yeah, you can't really dance without the, the music of it. Right. And so to have those, you know, as you're laying out those two being, you know, I don't know if the end all be all is the right way to explain yeah. it, but just, just, yeah, it's, it's, it's such a, for me, it's such a like amazing, amazing thing, amazing idea. Yeah, yeah, it is, and, and yeah, and these, and you can get into music theory at that point, and you know that the, the all reality is is the the transcript already, and the music already exists, and that mm. kind of thing. I'm not saying predestination. I'm just saying it's it's a, it's a universal mathematical language, right? Mm, music, yeah. so. We, you know, they they said it on Close Encounters <laughs> of a Third Kind. This movie. I saw it. I saw <laughs> it on the movies. Uh, well, I mean, even I mean, even if you just think about the frequency of it, which are you know, which are measurable and stuff like that. And, yeah. Um, and he, one, I might be messing this up, but one of the 
is it one of the time capsules they sent out sort of space time capsules they sent out had a had a record on it with a certain song oh yeah yeah the uh voyagers the two voyagers, voyagers okay yeah. <clears throat> and are they playing is it playing music into outer space or does it just have i don't remember I feel yeah like- no i th- you know i think you're thinking of the movie contact has them playing the music so that the, okay the, the viewer but i don't think but so. on I the think, voyagers they just have i think it's just a gold record okay that yeah, they yeah. you know yeah come take us over yeah because <laughs> some, some theorists say yeah it's not a good idea to let people <laughs> know let, where uh, you're at outsiders know we're here <laughs> Well, by the time they get here, we'll have so much space trash around yeah. the United States, around, around the globe. They can't enter atmosphere anyways. Or worse, like in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, uh, you know, they, they're they building an intergalactic highway and Earth is in the way. So they have to <laughs> annihilate Earth to Laters. make room for the <laughs> lanes. They sent you, we sent you a notice. <laughs> as You know, and some might argue that as it should be. <laughs> Um, so transitioning from this, this, this idea of, of the Trinity into, um, the mystery of the, of the, of the Eucharist of communion, um, you know, the, the way you laid it out on Sunday, um, about it being a universal, experience you can share it with anybody regardless of of time and space um language any of these things you, you can share a meal with it you know you can break bread and drink wine with anybody and and so maybe if you could elaborate sort of on that idea of the the importance of that you know opening up the door from to minimize gatekeeping or get rid of it and sort of the spiritual side of, of why that's important. Yeah, so the Eucharist is this, you know, is a meal of bread and wine and water. The early church uh, immediately gathered around that. That mm. was the, the gathering point. Um, I think in the last episode, you they called love feasts. That yeah, so it seemed like some, particularly it seemed in the in the Gentile churches that, that Paul was starting, they seemed to be in that habit as well. Okay. So it was a combination of some sort of sacramental meal that that bled into uh, you know a, a meal together, a mm-hmm. feast, and, and you can read in in First Corinthians they had trouble behaving at that and so it was a mess from the beginning is the, is the point <laughs> as, as community is yeah and it, but it has its origin in in the three or all four gospels uh jesus uh, they they differ on the time period of when he did it what day of the week but mm. um john has is doesn't agree with the other three because john oh, is trying see, to make I it see, a symbolic it's the passover meal right 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 kind right. of thing so it has to happen so anyway but that doesn't matter uh the point is he took, yeah, he took bread and he said, I'm offering you a new covenant, broke it, uh, distributed it, told them to eat it. It, it is my body. Uh, Protestants have had difficulty with that yeah. for a long time. <laughs> uh, they were accused in the, when they were under persecution in the Roman Empire of being cannibals. Oh, that's So that funny. was obviously something that was very important to them. Um because we li- talk about that a little bit in the other episode, but not that they are actually persecuted by it, about it. 
Yeah, it was one of the one of the the accusations against them was that. Uh, I think personally, uh, I think they were despised because they were among the poor and they were the poor. Mm. And the poor have always been universally despised. Yeah, yeah. Whenever you and see othered. Yeah, yeah. Uh, cutting, you know, cutting uh, aid to the poor to make them work. You know, there's this assumption that they don't work and that, that kind of thing. And it's like, um, yeah. Right. So it's it's really just a... Uh, so you think it was a socioeconomic move? Yeah, America's no different. I think it's been that way. I think that's the issue of empire. Is that, yeah. Is, is that, uh, yeah, there's racism and those kinds of, and, and institutional racism, mm-hmm. structural, you know, but underneath even that, there's a yeah. universal hatred of the poor, mm-hmm. fear of the poor, and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And for sure. And so, so I think there was more of that mm. than anything else. Um, but yeah, yeah, that was that was one of the the accusations. Um, and so the point is, this meal of bread, wine, and it, you add water, uh, which is symbolic of of the union of uh, humanity and divinity. Mm. So, so in the Eucharist again, you have this. The presence. The water itself is symbolic of that? It's the joining of our humanity with Christ's divinity. Can you speak on that a little bit? So, so it's... I, I've, I've just, I've never heard that before. Yeah. I, I think I read a Thomas Keating one. Do you want me to read that? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, this is Thomas Keating in his book about the, uh, the liturgy as spiritual experience. Okay. Uh, and he said, the Eucharist is the celebration of life the dance of the divine in human form. We are a part of that dance. Each of us is a continuation of Christ's incarnation insofar as we are living Christ's life in our own lives, or rather instead of our own lives. The Eucharist is the summary of all creation coming together in a single hymn of praise, surrender, and thanksgiving. In the Eucharist, all creation is transformed into the body of Christ, transformed again into his divine person and thrust into the depths of the Father forever and ever. Even material creation has become divine in him. And then he quotes, for the creation, says Paul, waits with eager longing for the revealing of the children of God, Romans 8, 19. So, so yeah, so there's this idea that, in so, so one, the Eucharist is the replaying of the divine mystery, uh, the continuing, the, the perpetual, perpetual reality of the cross and resurrection. Okay. So the, this isn't just a historical event. This is a divine mystery that is playing out, has been playing out, will always play out. It's the, the so, daily reminder. Yeah. And, of and, that. and as connected to the Trinity, the idea is it's probably the, in my opinion, the most important word in all of Christian theology, in all of the New Testament. Again, I'm not a theologian, right. barely a Bible teacher. The Eucharist so. is the most important word. No, no, the word kenosis oh. in Philippians. In the, in, it says that uh, even though Jesus, talking about Jesus, even though he was in the, found in the form of God, of you know, fully mm-hmm. divine, he humbled and emptied kenosis, emptied himself. Uh, taking the form of not just a human being, but the lowest of the low. Mm. Uh, Someone that would be murdered by the state. Right. The poor. Yeah. So low that there's no one left to take that place. Mm -hmm. And so kenosis. So there is no sense of self in God. Mm. 
So, so, so this idea, the idea of the Trinity again, and it's played out in the Eucharist. That's why this is so important. Yeah. Uh, is that there's no, the father has no sense of self because the father is eternally perpetually being poured out kenosis emptied out into the son and the, and spirit, the son right? has no identity of uh, himself and you see that in the gospel of john that's where they you know i, I don't do anything unless i see my father doing it mm, see, he uses those kinds i and my father you and me yeah uh so happy together <laughs> so uh, happy and so yeah so there is no sense of self in the sun because the sun is continu continually being emptied uh, out as spirit and where is the spirit poured out continuously on all matter all mm. creation and so and if you wanted to look deeper into this this isn't some new age right new this is we're not coming up with new concepts no, here <laughs> even even in Judaism uh there's there's a, a philosopher named Baruch Spinoza who who uh basically he doesn't he doesn't take a spiritual mystical point of this he's taking a rational mm. philosophical method of this but that all matter is holy is sacred is mm. alive uh the early uh irish monks who became the the, the rock star teachers of pre, the pre middle ages uh one of them was named john saint john eugenia Mm. Uh, Scotus, John Scotus, Eugenia, same thing. This and the and the philosophical term is called um, um, panentheism, not pantheism. Okay, pantheism. It would be more in the Hindu tradition that that would say uh, everything is God. Okay, but panentheism would say everything is in God and God is in everything. So it's a, it's a reciprocal exactly. relationship. Yeah. And so the, so these are, yeah, so that's, I believe that this is what Christianity has been teaching in the incarnation, in the Eucharist, in the Trinity. I, I think these are the deeper, the deeper meanings of it, not just some, yeah, you need to believe this. Well, why? You just do. Shut up. Uh, well, it goes back to that codifying that people love because it's easy to be like, okay, here are the rules. Yeah. And yeah. follow black and white, right? And then but then to sort of break down these concepts that you're you're talking about right now of like God and everything and everything in God. Yeah. That's that, that takes some some mental work, you know what I mean? Some yeah. spiritual work to to um I don't even know what the right word would be. Not to come, not necessarily to come to peace with it, because if it's it's if it's true, you don't need to come to peace with it, right? Right, like it just that just the way it is. Yeah, and I think I've mentioned that before. Uh, the story of James Finley, he was leaving the Gethsemane Monastery uh, tragically under tragic circumstances, and and he asked his his philosophy instructor, "How do I how do I communicate this out there?" Now that I'm leaving, you know, mm. how do I communicate this? And and he said, no, if it's true, it'll communicate itself through oh. you. It's a living truth. And so uh, it's kind of a difference. Uh, and so, uh, so yeah, so, so that's, and, and I think giving yourself to the sacrament of the Eucharist in whatever form that you, you know, that's in front of you now, yeah. whatever is accessible to you, those of you listening, uh, 
I think that's that's a good start to 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 have the experience of these living truths speaking through you, speaking to you and through you at the same time, you know. And uh, um, how are some of the different ways it's it's spoken to you, like through you, in your in your spiritual walk? Well, for me, it was at the beginning, at twelve at very in, an institutional communion yeah. you know, a mass at the Catholic church. And, and just had, I had a, a, a vision of the sacred heart and have right. meditated. That's been, my, that was my meditation. That's, this mm. is your, for your whole life. This was, you know, that's just yeah. what happened to me. Right. Um, and so that heart is the heart of God and, and in all creation of, of, and from all creation. And so, so it's just been a continual scene of that and experiencing of that. So you have a heartbeat, which is rhythm, which is dancing. You have a life flow. You have all, all of that, you know, all of those metaphors right. that come into to being. And how has it been manifesting for you, like in the, in the recent past, you know, so, you know, whatever, the, this year, the first half of this year, I guess. What is that? Uh, what, how is the commun- Eucharist and communion sort of? I, I would say the meditation of, uh, again, I mentioned it already, uh, this idea of decay mm, in the earth right. uh, produces life. Yeah. It becomes the ground of being for first fungus. The, cir- and the fungus. Cic- cic- cyclical. Yeah, exactly. Things and, of life. And so... Yeah, so people from all walks of life can, uh, you know, attest to that, right? So, you even it, so so you can go with the the highly religious in the mass, you know, part of the rubric of the mass mm-hmm. as, uh, you know, uh, in the blessing of the bread, for example, it'll say these the this bread that human hands have made, but for us it'll become a spiritual food. Mm-hmm. Uh, human hands produce this wine. Uh, but it'll become for us a spiritual drink. Right. Um, but even, a, you know, someone, so let's say an atheist scientist can attest to from the, the decay of the earth comes the vine, the seeding, right. the breaking yeah, yeah. of that seed, the death of that seed, yeah. and then the transformation and then life and then the... The wheat growing or the, yeah, the grapes growing. Yeah, can attest growing. to all of that, yeah. you know. And then pagans say, yeah, we've been telling you that all along. <laughs> What it, you know, yeah, and so see so, see how it becomes a universal yeah. meal, and it's so again, it's the first thing that 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 believers gathered around. Uh, you know, culturally, I would say I'm just guessing it's a combination of the Jewish Passover meal with the mystery cults of the of the the Greek, the ancient Greek world. Uh, what they call the mystery cults. Uh, yeah, and you you talk about that a little bit in the first podcast, but maybe you could, yeah, they, just sort you of know, break down what what that what what that mean, what you know, what they were. So that yeah, so they had these secret. In. It was very much like I I would. I mean, they're secret, so <laughs> right. Very very little is known. <laughs> yeah. uh, if you if you read the language of uh, the the book of Ephesians. Colossians and a little bit of Philippians, you'll see evidence that that those that the writers of those three, you know, it's attributed to Paul, but 
a lot of most scholars think no. It's people that knew of Paul and how he thought uh, at, a, at a little bit of a later time. Okay. But definitely the recipients of those letters uh -huh. were probably participants and maybe even continual participants as alongside their Christianity, their Christian mm -hmm. gathering. They were doing both. Probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, fundamentalists don't like that. But, you know, reality has a bias against yeah. black and white thinking. For though. sure. So, yeah. yeah. Damn reality, always it always bites. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, um, so yeah, so, so these initiative, uh, I guess the way to compare them, bring it up to a modern understanding would be uh, probably the those the esoteric uh, what's the word fraternities maternities uh, what am I trying to I don't know <laughs> these the Shriners oh like the the, the Golden like the Dawn. Masons and stuff yeah the Masons okay uh, uh, they have a, the Lodges that's what I'm trying to say okay, the okay. Lodges Moose the lodge. Lodges Elk Lodges yeah the yeah, Lodge okay. movements okay I didn't I, yeah I didn't realize those were all connected in a way yeah as far as like being a overall not that each each one is connected together but that it was a movement yeah yeah so you know one of my all-time lifelong poets to whom i'm devoted uh wb yates was a part of the the, the lodge of the golden dawn okay in ireland in the early 1900s so these these when so did, do you know when those movements started the the modern ones sure yeah, yeah. uh i mean this is 18, totally 1800s okay yeah 18, this is totally a side conversation yeah so but they probably yeah so that would be a, a modern okay comparison comparison to these yeah these cults that would be uh so so that it might have a secret handshake yeah. uh secret rituals they'd be some would be devoted to a specific god of the ancient world like hermes mercury uh Hercules, 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 <laughs> Hercules, Hercules. <laughs> Diana, uh, Diana was mentioned in the Book of Acts as a huge, oh really? Uh, particularly of the metal workers union. So there's so there's trade involved with them yeah, as well, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and so there'd be these initiation rites that you'd go through that are secretive, and there'd be a meal, and so it could be argued that that uh, the, the the Eucharist. Uh, was was a combination of those two, a Jewish Passover and the Gentile. Or I'm just full of shit and, you know, whoever. I don't know. Uh, I mean, the mass that you see today is is from the Middle Ages. Right. And so it obviously has evolved. There's those, but the point is... <laughs> right. The larger is that, point. <laughs> ...is that since that time, bread has been broken in Christ's name. Wine has been poured out and shared equally amongst a community every day for 2000 years yeah. and you know, on every continent. Uh, I don't know about Antarctica. Uh, I'd be interested. <laughs> I'm sure there's been communion. on Antarctica Yeah, probably. Of, and, and so uh, some iteration of it every but, day uh, for 2000 years. Well, it's funny too, cause just visualizing that right now, it almost, it, to me, it's like a spider web that, you know, it started, it had yeah. the start point, right. And has just, shot out in all directions yeah. of all all races all people um all econ you know socioeconomic exactly. statuses and things of that nature which was the yeah and that was the scandal of early christianity is that because they were the the roman empire had a very very strict social order mm -hmm. and um 
It was a big deal. Uh, and to have a sitting equally at a table is no good <laughs> with a, a slave right. and a, uh, let's say, a, uh, you know, a tax gatherer and, uh, and a Roman soldier, maybe. A Roman soldier. Mm. Uh, to have those equally sitting next to each other, uh, it was scan absolutely scandalous in that time period. Would and I mean this? Yeah, never mind. I'm not going to ask that. But yeah, it's it's amazing how uncomfortable some people get when you start like leveling the playing field, so to speak, and yeah. and seeing everyone's humanity, and you know, kind of going back to that point of you know the poor being marginalized and and yeah. um, persecuted and things of that nature. Um, but then women you know, being denigrated, mm, children being dismissed. Yeah. And then everyone gets a seat at the, <clears throat> excuse me, everyone gets a seat at the table Yeah, and how uncomfortable the, those in power <laughs> yeah. will, will become. <laughs> yeah. And the role women played in that early church was profound. They really were the church. Well, I, I think, I mean, in a lot of instances, that's still the case. Yeah, yeah, you know, I think, for sure. I think about yeah. nuns in the Catholic Church. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they've, they've kept it running yeah, for 2,000 years. <laughs> their backs are killing them because they're the ones carrying that thing. Uh, yeah, so you had, you know, uh, um, women apostles, mm. even Paul names a few of them, uh, Eustinus, uh which was turned into a male's name. I was going to say, didn't I think you've shared that yeah. before. <laughs> or they, they've tweaked it just a yeah, little bit. Yeah, they tweaked bit. it into a male's name later in the scriptures as they edited them. Yes, the of scriptures course. are edited. If, don't be so naive <laughs> to uh, think that. One of the stories you've shared on here about like uh, monks would go back and like someone would make a an edit and then the next monk after him would like switch it back to the original. Right, yeah. <laughs> and and actually like, write a note. Yeah. In fact, it was that Hebrews verse that I mentioned. Which uh, um, was an argument. That Christ learned to be perfect. Oh, he learned perfection. Interesting. Yeah. I don't think we've ever showed that on the yeah, podcast. Yeah, so somebody changed it to, yeah, it was to some language of he, he was always perfect. Okay, okay. And then somebody changed it back to, said, quit changing it. <laughs> Stop it. Ray-hole. <laughs> I'm gonna beat your ass again. Meet, meet me out by the meet me next to the Eucharist container. And the Irish monks later would do the same thing. They'd make personal jokes. You can tell, you can tell brother so-and-so's uh been writing work this one because of the horrible handwriting and stuff. And they'd like make jokes of each other. That's pretty good. Little poems too, the nice. famous one about a Pangar the cat. So the guy writes a a little limerick on the side of that's the, amazing yeah saying that his cat is searching for mice while i search for words <laughs> kind of thing because they had them memorized right a lot of times uh probably i mean you can see errors okay so they're following they're copying text so they're looking from left to right or whatever okay and and so there are errors in the early you know in scriptures uh, Before the the old printing press, <laughs> yeah, that you could tell was uh, looking from left to right or right to left. You know, oh, that's on, interesting. Yeah, you can. They've identified those specific errors um, in those texts. So yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if there's anything. Is there anything else on your your heart and mind about the Eucharist? Sort of this mystery of of the um, connectedness, like connecting. Well, I would say because of the weaponization of that, 
So I, I would think the people that would listen to this podcast are, you've probably been, you're probably done with church, I'm mm-hmm. thinking. Um, or on the fringes, possibly. Or, yeah, you're just waiting for that last. Because we've gotten some feedback of people that have, they're still participating in the church, but they have all these questions that they they don't feel like it's a safe space to bring right. to the people in their community. Yeah, exactly. And and so Eucharist and even a traditional doctrine of Christianity like the Trinity are could be uh, triggering for you and could be mm-hmm. wounding for you, reminding you of the wounds that you already have uh, from them being weaponized as to say who's in and who's out. And, uh, and especially, puni- punishing somebody. Yeah, especially, yeah, communion, to be shut out mm-hmm. from that. Um, or it could be a thing where you grew up in a tradition where communion wasn't emphasized at all. And so it's not something that's ever been important to you. Uh, so anyway, I would say look at it again as a instead of as a, a membership thing of who's in and who's out, but look at it as a possible uh, uh, spiritual practice for you mm-hmm. to open up these, these deeper mysteries of, of Christ in all things, uh, Christ's presence everywhere. A new world uh, is emerging and you just need the eyes of faith to see it. And your eyes have to be washed with grace again and, you know, that kind of thing. That's actually a, a really beautiful point. Um, and well, like, thank you. In a like in a practical sense, how would you like recommend, you know, someone that like let's say there's someone that's just they're not going to walk into a church and participate in communion, right? Like right. they're not like they're that is too far of a of a yeah of a gulf, right? But you know, what's something you know maybe you could do at home or or you know with your family or something. Um, or even just by yourself, you know what right. I mean, where, where you're reconnecting with this idea of the Eucharist, of the communion, um, and participating in, in that way. Yeah, so I'm, I'm of the, the camp that it's, it's a communal right. sacrament. And so it's, it's, you know, it's not really that great to do it by yourself. Okay. But if you do, and that's all you have... If that's and, where you're willing to start. And that's where you're, yeah, the only yeah, place yeah. you can start. I would say really emphasize in your own mind, you know, as you're mm-hmm. doing it, that you are not alone, that you are in the company of everyone who's ever lived. You are yeah. in the, or, or what the, the traditional Christianity would say, the, the communion of the saints. Yeah. They are present with you and, the, and, and your ancestors are, are literally present with you because yeah. they're in your DNA. Uh, even though uh, geneticists just told me you only get 40% of your DNA from your father. Uh, <laughs> and 60 from your mother? <laughs> I, he didn't say. So <laughs> he, I, he just stopped there. <laughs> yeah, he was correcting me. I was, I was bitching and moaning about getting my dad's, all the bad stuff from oh, my dad yeah, and yeah. my mom. I you know? <laughs> uh, didn't get any good things from them. Uh, I got the junk pile. <laughs> but what was left? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm a toxic... Uh, I was going to say Avenger, but that's not really. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So, so start start with something like that, uh, or pull pull yourself a, an Emily Dickinson. She wrote a poem about she goes to church even without going to church. Mm-hmm. The birds are the the choir, and the, you know okay, she, right, she has right, this, right. these metaphors. Uh, and so, so the, you know, it could be something like that. You know. Yeah. Um, 
uh, I would say definitely do some ritual. You add some ritual to it yeah. because that kind of adds intentionality mm-hmm. to it. So, so take a piece of bread and break it and, and, and meditate on that brokenness of that bread and the brokenness of your life and the distribution of it. And it becomes one again, you know, that kind of, yeah. that kind of thing. Um, so well, yeah, even, I mean, and even going back to the, you know, the Emily Dix, Dickinson uh, example, you know, break bread with the birds. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, that's one of my grandma's favorite thing and not in a, like a Eucharist sense, but she loves going and taking bread from a meal she just had that she didn't finish. Right. right. Like she might've eaten some of the bread, but then breaking it up and, and throwing it out for the birds to enjoy. Yeah, exactly. And there are justice meals you could have, go to a local soup kitchen and eat, mm. eat the meal with them there. Uh, you can do that in a prison. You could do that in a, a refugee yeah. uh, facility if they'll let you in. Yeah, uh, good luck. Yeah, they kind of <laughs> shut us out. But uh, but you can do that. Or, right. You know, or, or invite someone to have lunch. So, you know, there's there's all kinds of yeah. different ways this can be done and fitting for your, yeah. you know, your personality and where you're at in your life. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Um. We're coming up on time, but I know that you had a really beautiful uh, poem you wanted to share. So maybe we can... Oh, with Maggie Ross? Yeah. Did you still want to read that? Yeah, yeah, I can read that. Yeah, and that's, I would say that's another, another roadblock to a lot of people is because it was, it might have been drilled into you in childhood that you have to be somehow worthy Mm. and you can't partake of this. And there is that verse, if you partake of it unworthily, you'll, you'll eat. (laughs) curses upon yourself uh you need to take that into the context of what was happening at the meal in corinth uh you know and and so you know they were uh again it was the rich uh showing up with brisket mm. and eating it in front of the poor kind didn't of have anything yeah, yeah exactly so that's what he's talking yeah. about there that's what he's addressing well and the other example we gave in the previous episode was the like if you come to a doctor sick and he's like, well, when you get healthy again, we'll give you yeah. some, we'll give you some antibiotics. Yeah. So exactly. come back in a few days and it's like, well, no, I'm sick now. Yeah. <laughs> and so there's this, yeah. So there's definitely this roadblock of, I haven't merited this in some way. Mm-hmm. I think that's the, the greatest evil of, of, I guess the, the structures of sin in, in the human race is meritocracy mm-hmm. is, is I'm somehow worthy I've won this game. I've yeah. beat this competition. Therefore, I'm worthy. Uh, Which is the total opposite of what the yeah, Eucharist is supposed to be exactly. about. Exactly. Yeah. And so, so Maggie Ross, uh, she, yeah, I, I liked what she read. It's a little bit long, but uh, she says, it's not the liturgy that sanctifies our lives. Our lives are already sacred. And the liturgy tries to remind us of that. The hours of the divine office do not sanctify the day. They bring us to remembrance that the day is already holy and that we have the privilege of living it. The the daily prayers remind us that we have the choice at every moment either to be whole, to be holy, or to fragment ourselves and others by focusing on our anxieties. Mm -hmm. The Eucharist is not a reward for good behavior or keeping to the rules. It is a medicine for the sick and welcome for the wanderer. 
The Eucharist is not a lordly God condescending, but a God terrifying in humility, who meets us as we are, where we are, even in hell. Above all, it is thanksgiving for the limitless and unconditional love that is our life and our truth. And that's from her book, uh, Writing the Icon of the Heart. And so, so yeah, um, this idea of um, unconditional love is we can't wrap our minds around that. And that's, yeah. a, that's a journey that we all need to, to dive into. And, or as you like to say, let's get into it. Let's get into <laughs> it. Well, I, th- I think that idea of unconditional love, at least for me, um, I've learned more about that through animals mm. than anything else. You know, and, and having that, because animals have a way, well, dogs specifically, but just animals in general have a way of, of showing that unconditional love. Yeah. If you're paying, you know what I mean? If you're paying attention to it. Exactly. And being able to then, you know, mirror that or reflect that to those around you. Because, um, yeah, if it was a matter of being worthy, none of us would be yeah. invited to the table, so to speak. Exactly. Um, do you have anything else? No, nah, it seems seems good. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you all for listening. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in again. Uh, thank you to Danny West. He does all the editing and sound engineering. Thank you to Jacob Netty at Monk Drums. That's what you hear in the background. Uh, thank you. We, we've gotten a few orders of David's book. Oh, thank you. For the last couple of weeks. Uh, if you haven't purchased one and would like to, des- or dreamwalkerway.com. Uh, if you would like to pick up a Kindle version, we're still waiting on our official Kindle, first Kindle purchase. Um, Desolate Beauty, the book of light and shadow, if you'd like to be the first. Uh, in fact, if you are the first, let us know and we'll throw, we'll give you a shout out at uh, the credits of, uh, of the podcast. Yeah, for um, sure. I think that's it. Is that it? I think so. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) And let's get into it.